This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> of having a friend of mine in here today. Um, we're going to talk about a few topics. Uh, I want to introduce the world to EJ. Yay! Hey! So, um, please give them a little background about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Erica. You referred to me as EJ. That's okay. Call me Erica, too. Um, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, southeast side of Chicago. Um, I'm 31 years old. Uh educator I sometimes I say former educator but I am an educator uh, was a teacher school administrator Dean athletic director all that good stuff currently taking a break from that and we can talk about some things that I'm doing now to get back potentially in the educational system or just like working with young people mm, been in DC for almost four years and I'm so excited to be here with you I know we've been trying to do this for a minute we have had some life things going on so I'm Happy that you've been persistent, and I'm super excited to be here with you. Everything happens when it's supposed to. Amen. Um, so, uh, one of the things I wanted to start by talking about, um, 2019 seems to be the year of the victim. And I don't say that because I'm saying that, you know, when something wrong happens to you, that it's a bad thing or you're in the wrong. But people seem to be now using victimhood to justify shit. Uh... I'll give you an example for everyone else, I'll, I guess, that's listening. The R. Kelly interview. I saw the clips of it. I saw him screaming at Gail. You know, they're <laughs> trying to take my life. This is my life. It's easier for him to be the victim instead of him being the villain. Why are we accepting that in 2019? Because somebody paid his bill, like, twice. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he, he was really going down. Like, why are we still accepting that? Yeah, so um, we talked about this earlier. I don't watch TV, right? Um, not very much, at least. And I only bought a TV when I started dating my boyfriend um, to keep him in the house, or with me at least. Um, I listen to podcasts, and I, I'm hooked on Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. And she just recently, or not recently, I'm catching up, rather, she interviewed Paulo Coelho, who is the author of The Alchemist. And they talked about like victimhood and he said something that was super powerful, which I saved. And he basically said that victims play the role of being a victim because it's an excuse to get up out of their own faults and admitting what they've done. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is actually very, very true, right? So R. Kelly, being from Chicago, I've definitely been in a space where R. Kelly has been at, not like house or anything. I used to work at a rec center. Um, and anybody from Chicago and people who follow basketball know that R. Kelly can ball. So... Yo, wait a minute. Can I ask a story? Yeah. So here's something I always heard. They don't do fast breaks unless R. Kelly gets the ball. Like, he literally will stop the team that he's playing with for him to get out front to get the ball to get the shot. I don't true? know nothing about this. Okay, right? I don't know. I'm like, yo. I have no idea. Okay, I'm um, sorry. No, you're good, you're good, you're good. I also don't follow basketball that much because I don't like the fouling system. I like football. I like actual contact, real contact without a whistle. <laughs> but he would, I used to work at a rec center, and he would come and bring, like, an RV truck or, like, a tour truck full of girls to watch him play basketball. Never seen or like know anybody who's like done or been in his house or anything like that, but I, I know where he's lived and things like that. Um, when it comes to people from Chicago, and I might potentially get shot for, a lot of people knew what he was doing, but he was also like our hero. He was an, a musician, like and he's an artist coming out of Chicago. Um, like putting us on in a positive way, right? And now all this stuff is coming out on TV and we're like, no, like you're literally killing all of our heroes that we have left over. Kanye, done, <laughs> done, right? Um, and we're trying to get them back. But I'm keep it real, like I have a different thought on you names. Like I'm still like fuck Kanye, but it's not as strong. Like I kind of feel bad that I gave away a camera. You know? 
I have one Yeezys now, and I used to work for Nike. Uh, the, the, the technology and the Adidas are great. I love Kanye. I do think that he's crazy, but I also think that artists have a certain level of like crazy to them. I think that I think it comes down to cancel culture. Um, we tend to throw people away now that we disagree with. If I look at what his quote unquote mm -hmm. misdeeds are, it ain't like he really did some shit for me. Like, yeah. He did something or said something that I disagree with, and I'm really going to kind of throw away all of the positive things that he's done for whatever community because he wanted to wear a MAGA hat. But I can't say that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I look at Jim Brown. Jim Brown went to meet with Trump, too. Like, nobody's throwing away Jim Brown. Yeah. So it took me a while to come around to feeling like this, but I'm kind of off of that. Let's get rid of people. Now, his new music is trash. Like, that six track album, trash. Cutty <laughs> album, trash. But I still, you know, I'm gonna pray for him. Hope he gets it together. I think, I think he will. Uh, again, I think that a, a lot of artists have like a certain level of crazy or like insanity. You have to. That's yeah. Point. yeah. Like if you are cut off from kind of regular life and you can't yeah. do regular things, it starts driving you crazy. Yep. That's what I was gonna say. Just like being exposed to different stuff and not being able to like go back home in peace. So I recently saw a video from Michael Jackson and he basically paid a grocery store to shut down. They got regular people to come in to not really bother him like Michael Jackson the person, mm -hmm. just to allow him the experience of shopping at a grocery store because he was that famous where he can't do it. That's so sad. We wonder why these people go crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get nothing. Like, remember when everybody made a big deal when Beyonce was at Target? Yeah. And I guess she had a bodyguard, had her shades on. They have to do that stuff just to feel like normal people. And everybody loves Target. No, <laughs> what? Like they, if you don't come out of there without spending a hundred dollars, you didn't go to Target. That's like, right. They taking a hundo from you all day. Yes. So, um, another dude that was a victim, and I only talk about this because it happened in Chicago. <laughs> I also haven't really touched it on the pod yet. We have my man Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what his motivations were behind it. Not that it even matters. But I think that leads to the point where he was trying to use being a victim to get some outcome. I don't know what the fuck the outcome was, but he wanted something to happen. Yeah, and it's... I was talking to somebody today and they're talking about how there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? And they that may have been the case. I actually haven't followed it and... I talked, my dad is a cop. We were never really allowed to like watch the news. So the only things that I know about that is the stuff that my dad has sent me or based off conversations, just like read up on it a little bit. Um, I think it's terrible that he did that. I just, I, I don't, I don't understand it personally. Like we why yeah. you would do something like that. And you, it's, it's sad and it's sickening and being an educator, I always think about, I love psychology. I think about the psycho, like the psyche part of it is like, what else is going on that you feel the need to get attention in this way and you're already a celebrity? Is your celebrity not enough? It seems like it's not. Um, I guess I would question his acting skills to straight up, if you are supposed to be an actor, <laughs> how could you not sell this? That's one. Two. <laughs> How do you lie with that much? Like, we all knew from the jump that wasn't straight. Like, something just sounded bad about it. Yeah. And I mean, I take all of that and make jokes about it, but I think that the point that you made that was, like, really big, there's something that's missing and a reason why you felt like you needed to have more support for God knowing whatever reason. Yeah. Like, we all want support, you know? We, we want more likes on social media. We want more engagement. We want people to tell us how great we are. I'm not gonna lie to everybody to the public and get the police involved just to make that happen. Yeah. Like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's it worth to me? He threw away his career for what? Like, at a certain point, you have to realize what things are worth it. My life isn't worth that. Like, I don't want to be an Instagram bot. No disrespect to them. Like, they can have <laughs> like millions of likes, do whatever they do. Yeah. That's not me, so I don't want to go down that lane. If that's worth it to you, do it. But. You always gotta think about that. It's just, it's super whack. Agreed. Super whack. Like, he's a straight up goofy for that. Like, And now why? everybody's looking at black people. Yes. And you also, like, that became a deterrent to the things that are actually really happening. Like, there are young exactly. white kids going crazy, like, for real with MAGA hats on, like, nooses and all this stuff. And it's like, now we got a brother doing this? Like, 
come on for publicity fact fact it's super wild like there there's another way to get your celeb like i just people who do stuff like that just make me really frustrated because there are a lot of people who are like trying really hard to be actors or actresses who are living in la like you know, or yeah, so wherever, you know what I'm saying? Like struggling to get to the space that he's in and that, then you're gonna do something crazy like this? That's whack. Like just be grateful for where you're at right now. Empire's doing well. But what does that say about us? That we look at these situations? Cause ultimately when it first happened, everybody, even through the skepticism, kind of believed it. Yeah. And I remember when certain people came and reached out and said, you know what, this doesn't sound right. They were kind of like, you know, taken to the shed and people ostracized them like, why would you say that? Are you homophobic? What do you have against gay people? And it's like, whoa, I just don't think he's telling the truth. Truth, yeah. But you got that backlash. So even within us, I think that we have to start. I don't want to say you don't believe the victim because that's it was a long time where victims just didn't get believed. But I still think you got to think about shit. Like sometimes stuff doesn't sound right. Like as a kid, I broke my thumb. The story I told my mom on how I broke my thumb was very different from what actually happened. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was doing some shit I had no business yeah. doing. Like, I was at my grandfather's job down the street. He worked at National Geographic. There was this huge stairwell. So, like, I am riding the banister all the way down, and I mean, it was huge. Get to the bottom, I almost fell off. Somehow I hit my thumb, broke in two places. They're like, yo, what happened? hit my hand on the door. I don't know why I said that. That was the lie that I stuck with till the day when my mom probably hears this when it comes to Fear. Out. Yeah, I was scared as hell. But that goes to tell you, like, to me, it was like, I'd rather say that yep. than have something bad happen. Yep. I'd rather be a victim instead of, like, you're just being stupid. Did like, your parents finally find out what you really did or where you were? Just now. <laughs> just now. Okay. So I'm sure my mom's gonna be like, "Yo, like I did like 20 years ago. What the? Like, f- really? I'm sorry. I was scared of what might happen. I know I hurt me, but I thought that you, something worse was gonna happen when I got home. You're always still their child. You oh, can get whooped. Oh, yeah, mom, yeah, like my mom wasn't for the new age. Yo, you want time off? Like, nah. Like, yeah, no. I've been taller than my mom since like 11, uh-huh. and I still don't want no problems with that old lady. Like, I'm good. <laughs> um. This week, we got kind of confirmation of some stuff that we'd always heard about. Uh, there was a huge college scandal that kind of broke out. Yeah. Talking about, like, a lot of the, let's just say, like, great universities. It's kind of like a pay-for-play model. Um, what are your thoughts on that? This is why we can't get ahead. Like, this is why the rich stay rich and the poor continue to be poor. Because people who have money, they utilize it as power and like clout to be able to allow their children to be able to like, what? To get into school? Derrick Rose from Chicago, I'm about to bring this up, paid somebody to take his test, right? To get into college. That whole- Favorite basketball player. I'm sorry, I know it happened. But like, he got so much flack for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Memphis had to get back the banners from the year that he went to college for that. What are these kids going to get? And, like, the thing is, like, I guess you can't blame the kids, right? I want to know if these parents are going to jail. Should they go to jail? Yes. See, I'm not pro everyone going to jail. What do you think they should do? I don't know. So, like, that's the thing. I don't know what the other side is. I don't know if I think the people should go to jail for everything. But at the same time, something's got to happen. But I don't think it'll change anything. I think people will find a more sophisticated way to work this shit out. Potentially. And then on the flip side, here's what I really think about this, right? Rich people are doing this to get their kids into school. You have, let's say, maybe lower middle income to middle income white people who now believe that the spots that were, quote unquote, for them are taken by people that are blacker minorities under affirmative action. Mm -hmm. So you have all of these assaults on affirmative action but the problem is it's the people that look just like you that are keeping you out of this. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the two black kids that got let in yeah. for the spot that you thought that was yours. Yeah. It's the rich kid whose parent just paid his way. Like, uh, everybody loves John McCain. 
let's say that in his naval class, I want to say he was like the 258th ranked person coming in. He finished the Naval Academy like the 254th ranked person in his class. So like he only got in because of legacy, because his yeah. grandfather and his father were both admirals at the time. Yeah. So when you hear stuff like this, like it sucks because I think that these are more barriers to keeping people in who don't necessarily have the financial means. And how do you make it equal? You can't. There's always been some way for people to kind of cheat the system. Yeah, it's as an educator it just makes me really sad um, because like everything is already catered toward people who are more privileged. So example, uh, standardized tests, right? The languages, I'm currently studying for the GRE for my doctorate and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, who talks like this? And they're, they're testing um, fourth graders. Kids get tested in fourth grade um, to see where they are. So if a fourth grader takes a test and has a low score, their chances are higher of getting into jail. So then they know that when this student graduates and by the time that they're 18, they're they're projected to go to jail. So now we're gonna start investing in jails. I did not to get know ready for this child. Yes. Holy shit! Like I know that there's a you know like a school to kind of jail pipeline, especially when they start yeah. uh, suspending kids and stuff. Yeah, I we can talk know. about that. That's why I left my job. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So yeah, let's get into that. Um, I was always raised thinking like okay. I was one of the smart kids, mm -hmm. but I saw just other kids and some of the struggles they went through. But what is smart? I don't fucking know. Like, I he got like, y'all. Yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> like, I got that one plus one equal two at a very early age, yeah. so I could count. Like, what it really was is I had a great memory. So like, maybe I'm not necessarily doing the computations, but I memorized everything. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, "Oh my God, Darrell, you're yeah. you're amazing." Tell my mother he's so smart. No, yeah, I just remember what you said. And I, would the teacher say that if you were white, praising how smart you are because you knew the basic math? Probably. Because I was a little, like, I definitely took the AP stuff. Like, I don't, I don't want to minimize myself. And I'm not trying to be that guy, like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm amazing. I, I did my thing. Like, I I definitely check off some boxes. Like, I know okay. some shit. But <laughs> I certainly think that I seen just, like, other people who... I'm friends with to this day that didn't get the same kind of love that I got. Mm -hmm. And you can see how the outcomes are different. No disrespect to them. Like everyone just saw me like, hey, he's the golden child. We're gonna keep pushing him. If you didn't push the other kids, look what happened. Like it's a way different thing. Yeah. And that shit sucks. And that's what happens in schools now, right? Is that we see this kid who quote unquote complies because they follow instructions. So that makes them smarter because they're engaged. But actually the person who needs the most help in the classroom is a kid who's not engaged, who's actually really, really hard to like get through. They're also smart, they're also bright. They just have some other things that are happening. And like, it's it's hard, it's hard, right? To get, to get through to that child because they've never experienced like that type of like love or the pouring into that time, that investment. You would have made it anyway. Agree. Yep. Like my mom will tell you, she never had to, you know, after a certain age, hey, you got homework? You already did it. Like I was already self-motivated. Yeah. But you but, was a liar because you lied about your thumb. <laughs> fact. Fact. Sorry, mom. <laughs> love you. All good. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, I, I know people who didn't get that same push. Mm -hmm. And you can clearly see just the separation of how our lives went differently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of my best friends, love him. His life went differently than mine. That's not to say that I'm better than him, so nobody think that. But it went different because I feel like he didn't get the same kind of push academically that I got. Like, people saw me and was like, oh, we're going to put you out front of stuff. Like, again, I would have done it on my own. Are you a reader? Not of books, but I do read a lot. There's a great book, and it's based off a true story, and it's about two boys named Westmore in Baltimore, and it's called The Other Westmore. One of them went to jail. The other... Was the army guy, right? I don't know if he's an army guy. But he um, speaks a lot now. Like, he, I want to say he's like a tall, brown-skinned brother, bald head. Potentially. I don't know what he looks like in real life, but the book is good, and it basically just talks about like the different projections of life but they literally have the same exact name they actually built a relationship the guy the 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 scholar Westmore would go visit the other Westmore who was in jail and like built it's it's a good book it's a very that's quick crazy. read okay. um but yeah that's what that's what that reminds me of but just like that that's why education is so hard and that's why 
people who are in education leave. That's why I left first in time and plan to go back, but you're lit- it's 24 seven, that's 365. You're investing in little people who are eventually gonna be big people and like either run companies or rob companies, you know? And like, we, we want all of our kids to do well. It's just, it's hard work. So there's always been the thought that our education system isn't, isn't necessarily set up for everyone to be successful. Um, there's like, let's say like the 10% that we want you to be like lawyers, doctors, CEOs, that type of stuff. Then there's like the other 30% where we're like, you know what, you have to support these other people in these high end, you know, high career jobs. Then there's like, you know, a subset of that where we're like, okay, you have to be the non-skilled laborer. So you're working on cars, you're in fields, you're in factories and you're doing those kind of things. And then the rest, we're just throwing you away because we think that you're just gonna be like in jail or probably doing something else. That's always kind of what I was told about like the school system and how we teach kids. Do you see that or did you see that kind of like, I guess in, in real life play out, unfortunately, and not saying that that was the intent, but is that kind of how you saw things play out? Yeah, and so schools want you to go to college, right? And sure. like my students would ask me, my last name is Jackson, they're like, Miss Jackson, blah, blah. and I'm like, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. Like, that's okay. There are people who are grinding and doing well without college. You don't need that. You can be as smart as a whip and not have a college education. Of course you can. Neither one of my parents have a college education, and they're doing well for themselves. Um, but that that is the way that a lot of schools that I've seen run. It's also about money, right? So if you, if you have good data, you're going to get more money. You're going to continue to get money. You're going to get funders. Um, yeah, like it all comes down to money and schools are a really, really, really big business and treat kids like numbers, which is sad because they're not numbers. They like have real shit that's happening. Real shit. I've had students who, I remember one day people who were shooting like across the street from the school and they were so desensitized. So I'm like, go in the building. And they're just like walking across the street. And it's like, oh, you've heard this before. Like I've, I've had to go into classrooms like, what you all experience outside is not okay. You should not just be walking because it's something that you're used to. I'm sorry that you live in a space where you're desensitized to it, but that's not okay. And like, teachers don't want to deal with that. It's hard. Yeah, I was gonna say, so how do you deal with that or even try to deal with it, if I'm honest? So teaching is an art. It has not, um, teaching used to be where like my parents, my teacher were my parents' teachers, right? It's not a thing anymore. It's Now it's like a temporary thing, which is why I want to get my doctorate and I want to be a professor and teach new teachers. Like, this is actually what happens in the school. And this is what you actually need to be ready for because you're not just their teacher and you're their mother, you're their father, you're their friend sometimes. A, a friend would like hard boundaries, right? You're a mentor, you're a psychologist, you're their coach, you're all of these things. You can't just be a teacher. You can't just show up at eight o'clock in the morning and then bounce at 2.30 or whatever the school, like if your kid needs you to walk them home, you need to walk them home. And like people are not ready for that. It's hard, it's hard. There there were literally, there were times where I would go in my office before school would start and I would just cry. And I'm like, okay, like I need to get ready for this day because it's gonna be heavy or like, and if any teacher or educator is listening to this, you know after a three day weekend, the next day is about to be hell because they had no structure for an extra day and now you have to like kind of reteach kids. It's like being in a classroom or whatever. It's just, it's so much, it's so much. It's, it's a lot. It literally, like my heart is beating faster now just thinking about it. I haven't been to school in a while. Sure. But it's it's not a nine to five at all. And it's also, you, you just, you have to be down for the cause. There's not, you don't have to be a certain race to be in front of kids and teach them. But kids, kids and old people know if you are down or if you are fake as hell. They know if you're just there to get a check on the first and the 15th and you know what? they're going to raise hell in their classroom because they know that you don't care about them, so they don't care about you. But if you re- can relate to them and they know that you care, they will be your biggest cheerleader. They will comply, which is why, like, I became a dean and I did, 
I like to think that I was effective and I was based off data, but like I've built a relationship with the kids. I built a relationship with the parents. I'm not about to sit in the, in the office with you and have this like high level conversation. Yo, this is, this is what's happening in the classroom. He's clowning right now and I need you to get it together. Right. What can we do to make this better? You need a break? Let's go on a break. Mom, is it okay if I FaceTime you during lunch so we can chop it up with little Johnny, whatever? Like have real conversations with people. And what's even crazier now is like, we're getting older, we're in our 30s. We could have kids. My parents had me at 17 years old. Yeah, I was gonna say, we have kids a little later. So yeah, we could definitely have kids right now. Yeah, who are like in middle school. And I have friends who have kids in middle school. Yeah. And so the, the the parents are the same age as me and I'm like, this, this is the, this is an effort that we're all doing. This is collective. We, it takes a village. Like that is a very true statement. So in high school, I had this teacher. Um, shout out to Mr. Saunders. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Saunders. Legit, I didn't have, well, I won't say I didn't have a dad. Knew my dad, my dad wasn't around. Mm -hmm. So he was the person who outside of my family, you couldn't tell me I didn't want to be similar to him. Not necessarily like him. He's a light-skinned dude, like, <laughs> pretty boy. But it was like, yo, he went to the University of Maryland. I only applied to two schools, Duke and College Park. So it was just like, oh, Mr. Saunders went to Maryland. Me too. That's how I go there. Yeah. Wanted to be a captain because he was a captain. I knew you were about to say he was yeah. a captain because yeah. he was like a pretty boy. Yeah, then, then, all, then they got kicked off. And I'm like, damn it, now I can't be a captain. But it was like, I could always reach back anytime I was going through struggles regardless of what it was, not reach out to him and he would always call me back. This is years later. And it's like, those are the things that I think that matter and why I was always willing to do certain things. Like, mm -hmm. I never wanted to disappoint him. It was just like, I was just as invested in him as I was like my mom and my yeah. grandmother. It was just like, hey, there's this guy that believes in me. And so there's something about teachers that really, you can tell which ones matter. Yeah, extended family. Yeah. Like even, so we used to have to like sign contracts and I don't care if I say this now because I don't work uh, for them, but we used to have to sign contracts so that our social media was private and I would never put it on private because I'm like, I'm an adult, I have a life sure. and my kids utilize social media. I have nothing to hide. I need to show them that I'm a real person, period, point blank. I still talk to, I have students who are now in college. I still talk to them. They, they follow you? They do follow me. And so <laughs> they get excited because after they graduated from high school, they got to then follow me, like officially, right? Um, but I still talk to them now. Like literally chopped it up with one of them the other day, uh, you know, via Instagram. And I'm like, this is so cool that now I can build this relationship. Whenever I go to Chicago, like I'll go and like have lunch or whatever, like see them if they're working in the city, go go see how they're doing. But it's definitely an extended family. I miss it so much now that I'm talking about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that's gonna go, it's, it's a job that she'll never quit. Even though I'm out of a school, I still, I had one of my students uh, FaceTime me the other day and I talked to his mother on FaceTime. Miss Jackson, I said, hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> I, I see them, you know, walking down the street or at the store or whatever, when I'm in Chicago, I still see parents and it's like, it's cool, I love it. I have family everywhere from the kids that I educated, from Tennessee to Chicago, now to DC, and just wherever I'm at. No, that's dope. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's try to address a problem. Okay. Um, if we see that there are people who, for whatever means, if it's through money, through power, how do we kind of equalize outcomes for kids? Or is that something that's even possible so that we can kind of give every kid a chance? It's gonna take time. Um, I'm very much an optimist, especially when it comes to young people. Um, so I would say yes, which is, um, it's just, again, it's hard work, right? And we need to be able to expose kids to things. So like be, me being from the South side of Chicago, when I turned 18, I was happy that I didn't have a kid. <laughs> like, it just, it is what it is. Cause that's, that's that is the statistic. Um, and. We, we need to be able to provide, we just, we need to be able to provide those resources. If I stayed in college in a, in the city, there's no way I would have graduated. No way. I literally had to go, I went to Southern Illinois in Carbondale, Salukis, SIU. Um, it's literally the middle of nowhere. I hated it. It was like the country, it's five hours away from the city, it's hot as hell, like a totally different world. And if I was exposed to the city, 
there's a lot of things that I could have figured out to do besides go to school. Hell, I, didn't, I barely went to class in Carbondale. There was nothing to do, let alone be in the city, right? <laughs> but that's every college kid, that's facts. Yeah, but right. yeah, when, when you're exposed to different things or see people from different places, right? I, I met a lot of people in college who were just doing different things or for, were from different places. I'm like, oh, I want that, that's cool. A scholarship, what? Like, just being exposed, and it, that sounds so silly now that we're older, right? And we know, but that's because we've been exposed to different things. And I think that education is the outlet. We, um, I work now um, with interns. I work for the Congressional Hispanic Caucus and we read a lot of uh, letters and things like that for students who are trying to get into our program. And you can, based off of where they're from, you can tell that like their education system is not great. And so like the thing in my mind is like, damn, this sucks because they don't have a good, because they can't write well, or because they're, uh, they don't have a resume or know what a resume looks like, we're like not really trying to choose them. And then we're pushing those kids that and, Exactly, and I'm like, how can we like get to these areas so we can show them like, this is how to write a resume, this is what you need to do, like, so they can have these opportunities. Because then again, the, the people who are privileged, and privilege can be, regardless of skin color, right? It's like the edu education at this point. So I'm more privileged as a black and Hispanic woman than someone who doesn't have a college degree or like know what a resume looks like, right? Sure. We, we need to be able to bridge that gap, but we also need people who are willing to do that work. Because sometimes it doesn't pay. Or it doesn't pay well. <laughs> or it doesn't pay well. That's the killer. Which is also why some people get out of education. It's hard as hell, overworked, and underpaid is an understatement in education. Like, legit. Teachers should be making a lot more money than what they're making. Like, it just, it is what it is, but that's why people don't stay in these positions and like, that's the position that we need really, really, really good people in. You know, one of the things that I hate, we always say that we should pay people like teachers or police officers or people that we think that are doing things for public good more but we never do it. Mm -hmm. We have so many opportunities that actually do this in, in real life. Um, my best friend, like, he's a cop. His wife's a teacher. Like, we're not arguing to say, like, hey, we need to give them a raise. It's kind of like, okay, teach my kid. Yep. So, I don't even know how you attract even... I don't want to say good people because I think there are good people that are there that are doing it for the right reasons. But it's hard to attract people when you know, like, your salary is going to probably be like 45 grand for a long time when, you know, a lot of your peers are making significantly more money and you're just doing it for the love. And then you don't have the appropriate resources to kind of do for these kids what you think you should. Like you're buying your own school supplies and so now you're kicking mm -hmm. out what money that you're making, you're putting that back into the system. So they're heroes. Like I should have think teachers heroes. Yeah. But we won't support them more. Yeah. That shit sucks. It's also because it doesn't really pertain to you. You're not in it. So, and I'm not saying you. I'm sure, just saying sure, like sure. the people who, like, no one is. If you're not in it, you don't understand. You like you just you don't you don't understand. No, I get that. So it's easy to say to to do something, or like oh you you get the summers off like uh no you don't get the summer off they're planning lessons all summer long. They just don't have to be in front of kids all day. So you were 12, oh yeah, you were an administrator at one point, so you were definitely 12 months staff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And snow days, eh, no snow day. There's a snow day in DC, we're on a conference call. Like we're still in meetings. There's no day off. Don't do that. I mean, that, that's the- A conference call though, like- Yes. I won't even beat you up about that. Like. I mean, we had to. We were still in meetings, even if there is a snow day. It's like, okay, so there's not a snow day, so this is what needs to happen tomorrow. We okay. need to make sure that this classroom is together, or like these students, you know, whatever, or like calling teachers or calling parents, letting them know, whatever, yada, yada. Yeah. That's. Because I was going to say, like, snow days in DC, because we don't get a lot of snow. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like bullshit. Yeah. It's, well, that's, my dad calls dandruff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, we got, like, it's a dusting. Like, yeah. For the most part. We got those two inches. Mm hmm. It'll be clear by, like, two. Yeah. Had the rest of your day. I'm whatever. like, what? Okay, I'm going to the mall. This ain't nothing. We used to, we had no grace period in Chicago. I would used to walk. I went to Morgan Park High School. We would walk backwards until we got to the T. It was like a little overpassage or whatever. Until we got to the T, then there was no more wind. 
But you you better be on time for class. Chicago's too cold. <laughs> it's cold as hell. I've been there twice, and once I went, it was like December. Yes. Zero degrees outside, and so the sorry, the terrible part was we're walking around like downtown and shit because we're stupid. I swear Beautiful. to God. No, no. I swear to God. I got on the plane to go home that Sunday. Instantly got the flu. Which is like all bad. Like, yeah. Have not been back since. I'm like, no. Yeah. I will only go in the, like the summertime. Weather is cold. We call it the hawk. The hawk is out. Yeah, the hawk is out. Like, it's <laughs> the windy city for real. Like, the wind yeah. is blowing. Like, I'm but you know that's not why they call Chicago the windy city. It's not because it's windy? No, it's based off of like politicians like talking fast and like. I had no idea that that was what it called. Okay. Double entendre. <laughs> um. Let's do something that's not necessarily a heavy topic. Okay. I know we've done a little bit of that. Um, so you kind of talked about some of the stuff you're doing now. Talk about that a little for people. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I work for the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute. I am a, a program manager. So I basically um, manage the Latino interns that go through our program who are on the Hill. And then- Are these high school kids? They're college. So they're okay. undergraduate students. So I get to work. I, they're all kids to me, uh, but I call them, they're my big kids. So it's still education mm-hmm. for me, for sure. Um, outside of that, I'm now uh, working with Rock Creek Social. So just like helping them with some things around the city, which is super exciting. Can they move Grochi Social? To what? Whatever the spot that they had, what was it called? Homestead? Get the fuck out of there. Like, universally, I know why they moved it, or in my perception, we would love to get it out of there. The spot that it was at was an amazing, amazing thing. We got you. April, next month. Okay. I might start coming back all the time. All right. Um, what else am I doing? I did Kicks for the City, which is a nonprofit. I was with it for uh, five years. One of um, a guy that I went to college with founded it. We went to SIU. We actually used to live across the hall from each other <laughs> in Garden Park. Um, and it's basically it's a nonprofit where we collect shoes the month of November. The month of November, excuse me. Um, November is Homeless Awareness Month, and we distribute those shoes out to um, underserved families and communities the Saturday before Thanksgiving, yeah, that's which cool. is really cool. And I'm excited to say that DC has been number one the past two years, servicing the most families in the DC area, as well as distributing the most shoes. So nice. we've gotten over 3,000 the past two years, like straight off of the month of like word of mouth, social media, all that, like having events and whatnot, people donate and show a lot of love. Yeah, so I gave up one pair of sneakers. Yeah, <laughs> but, Air Max, so. yeah it's, it's a good time. It's great. Um, I'm currently, and you, you don't, I don't know if you know this, I just submitted my application to open up a school in D.C. Oh, wow. Okay. K through 12. Um, and I'll know on May 20th if it's approved or not by the board. Oh yeah, so we'll pray for that. Thank you, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. It's been something that um, I was approached with last summer, actually, when I left my job, which just, like, God is everywhere. Just making it happen. Making it happen, so I've been really nervous about it, or just, like, nervous in a good way, because I, I just, I love young people, and I think that kids should have good education wherever they are. So I'm excited. I hope that it goes well. I hope that it gets approved because there's also a lot of schools that are getting shut down. So Fact. it's like, where where are our kids going to go? Um, currently studying for my GRE so I can get my doctorate in education. Doing big things. Which is a lot. 2019 and is everybody's year. I'm 2019 is it. Um, and then, so while I was out of work, I like took a little mini break from social media. And because I like self-diagnosed myself with depression, right? And I'm like, social media is really whack. And it's just, it's the highlight reel of things. And so this is something that I've been working on for over three years. I thought about it in Chicago. Like I wanted to start like writing. I love to write and I love to read. Um, I've had a journal since I graduated from high school. I'm going to finally publish next month for my birthday, my like site. And it's just gonna be like me talking about shit that people don't talk about on Instagram. And it's called the cold word. Cause cold, like in Chicago, we're like, oh shit, that's cold. Like, okay. as in like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but cold is also a term that we use like, sometimes 
in a like cold. When you think of cold, like literally weather, like it's bad, right? So no, we use that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cold. Yeah, that's cold. Yeah. We're like, oh, she cold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm publishing that, and I'm really excited about it because you you always hear or you see things about people's victories, right? But you don't hear about what they went through to actually get to that breakthrough, to that victory. That's true. And that is what is messing up our kids. That is what's making people want to change their bodies because they think like this is this is what this should be. Or they're like, damn, I want to be like I literally deleted a lot of people or unfollowed a lot of people because I'm like, I want that. I want to do that. I can't do that because I don't have an income. And it was just like really it was a lot. It's still a lot for me now. And like it's it's a roller coaster of emotions, but I'm like, people need to hear this story. There was something that I published on my Instagram last year, which like was a boost for me. I was like, I need to write this or I need to publish this. And I talked about um, being engaged and breaking up my engagement. I talked about having two abortions. Yeah, I remember reading that. Yep. And yeah. I, I literally, I remember going to a bar. It was raining that day. I went to a bar with a colleague who's now in Thailand teaching kids. Um, I had so many people call me, they're like, thank you so much for writing that. And my thing is public. So even just like random people are like, yo, I love your post. Thank you so much. I built relationships with women that I never even knew. Like I, I talked to them based off of that post. And I'm like, people need to see this. People need to read this. And like, you're not alone. Everybody goes through some shit. Nobody's life is perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to podcast, if I'm honest with you. Um... I could always say I have these cool stories about how I'm winning or how things are great. Yeah. But my best episodes, at least what I personally believe, are the ones where I'm telling you about like the shit that just yeah. went wrong, why I was in the mindset that I was there. And I'm hoping that by me telling you what I went through, you don't go down the same lane. Mm -hmm. Like I've literally had a bunch of times where people have reached out to me and they're like, yo, that's, that's crazy. Like I can't believe that. I appreciate you for sharing that though and it's like I used to always be the guy that I didn't share shit like yeah it's not my thing and now I see myself sharing these things and talking about things because again I do believe exactly what you're saying yeah in our era all you ever see is like the best of stuff like you never see I don't necessarily need to see the grind but you never see anybody fail yep like I play ball I've never posted a shot of me on Instagram of me missing a shot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Time. Like, you exactly. always see when I'm always at the perfect yep. moment, catch like shoot, like, yeah, like I'm making it. Like, I think I posted a video, or somebody I knew posted a video on YouTube. I bowled the whole day. I blew like two layups, and everybody's like, yo, how'd you blow those? What about the other 10 shots that I made? Yeah. So I think because we're so afraid of just hearing any criticism, a lot of people don't share it. I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, Same. I'm not perfect. But I think that we've gotten so, I don't want to say that we're we're thin-skinned, but everyone's so afraid of criticism. You don't want anybody to say anything yeah. bad. So because of that, I'm only showing you my wins. It's not about my losses anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And that, like, that post or you even podcasting is, like, what gives people a boost. And it's like, yeah, I needed to hear that. Or just, like, sometimes I'll post, like, motivational things and people will send me a message like, thank you. I needed to see that. Or even I would see things on Instagram like thanks I needed that today like just be the motivation but like tell the grind like you said it's hard to be vulnerable because you're afraid and it's like DC is small as hell right so like everybody if you knows everybody, everybody knows everybody especially all the black people we do and if you do something silly everybody's gonna know about it by tomorrow you know so it's hard, but it takes, that. that's the beauty of age, right? We're in our 30s, like, I actually don't give a damn anymore about what you think about me. I know that I'm the shit, so that's okay. So yeah, I'm, That's those are the things that I'm working on. Okay. And I have a campaign called, uh, it's at gofundme.com uh, backslash interns need love too. I'm trying to, so my birthday, I wanna raise close to, if not $2,000 for my interns to buy the new kitchen stuff. So we provide them a place to live in DC while they're here. Um, How long are they here for? 12 weeks. Okay. 
Yep. Okay. And in the summer, it's only 10 weeks. So fall and spring, 12, and then in the summer, 10. But the kitchen stuff is just like not nice. And I'm like, I want them to have nice stuff. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. That was like my, per- my birthday push. I wanted to like do a mission trip and all that stuff, but I'm not going to do that yet. I'll do that like another time for my birthday. But I just, I really enjoy giving back. And when I was out of work, I realized that. So my mentor has me write um, goals and I realized that one of my goals like that I, I want I want to give back I enjoy that when you when you have no money the thing that like makes me full it makes me feel rich is when I see other people happy Agreed. so like doing kicks for the city on volunteer day seeing all those kids and like having done it for two years in DC I saw the same kids this year or this last November from the previous November. I was like, damn, like you're so big, like nice to see you. And they remember us, which is super cool. And like, again, maybe that's just me being an educator, but I just, I love, love, love to give back and just like see people happy. Nah, cause that's actually how we connected. Like we were talking yeah. about being <laughs> in education right. and you were like, yo, like I do this stuff. And I'm like, yo, you should talk about that on a podcast. Yeah. And like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna keep in touch with you about that. Yeah, so um, it's my happy place. Last thing, uh, we will do this, and it's a segment I do every once in a while. Um, call it protect at all costs. It could be a person, place, thing. Yeah. Uh, name one thing that you want to protect at all costs this week. Yeah. So it uh, could be your sanity, like whatever it is. It's all good. Yeah, I. This is probably actually gonna make me cry, but I want to protect black men. I actually don't think that black men get recognized enough. Okay. And um, we, we went to go pick up my boyfriend's cousin at the airport before I came here. And he we got pulled over um, because of the tags or whatever. And, it, like, I was so scared. I was scared. And I was like, what? The thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm a why person. I always want to know why. I'm not going to do something unless you tell me why why I'm doing this and he was my boyfriend's 32 years old he's about to graduate from Johns Hopkins with a master's very educated man engineer and I'm like I felt as though he was automatically profiled based off what off of what he had on and I told him in the car I said they would not have pulled you over if you were dressed the way that you dressed to go to work right and like knowing that I'm going to raise black kids beautiful black kids to have that conversation with my son or sons eventually, my brother is black, my dad is black, my friends are black. Black men just have it so hard. And I, I don't I don't know what that feels like because I'm not a black man, I'm a black woman. But like, I just, I want us to protect, I want to protect black men. Everybody's human, right? But black men automatically get written off as aggressive because one they're man and two because of the color of their skin that shit's whack it's so whack it's so whack and like i text him before we started this and i was like i didn't like that experience like it hurt it still hurts now and even talking about it like it's helping but it's i'm like damn i hated that i hated that which is like which is also why i don't know it's just it's it's so frustrating that people automatically judge someone based off the color of their skin. And it happens to a lot of ethnicities, but I feel like it really happens or like that black men feel it the most because of the things that are that are depicted on TV and basically in the news, right? So my dad is a cop. We never really watched the news while we were growing up because it's all bad stuff. Right. But there's so many dope-ass black men in D.C. alone that are doing great things, right? Not being womanizers, not being cheaters, educated, taking care of their kids. But that's not the story that's told a lot of times. Right. But the people who know that should also be the people to, like, rise up and uplift them. Black History Month was last month, right? I saw all of these posts about amazing black women, and that's great. I'm a black woman. I want you to uplift us. But what the hell? Like, what about the black men? It's a slippery slope because if I say that, I'm looked at because it's like, oh, well, you know, you're only keeping from it. No, I do feel like a lot of times black men get a bad rap, and it's extremely hard. Like, I, ex- 
I come from a family that's super strong. Like the women in my family are very strong. Like matriarch of the family types. Like my grandmother brought, well, my great grandmother brought her and all of her brothers up from like South Carolina to my grandmother kind of taking the mantle and running everything to like, you know, my mom being a single parent. Like I saw all of that. But I also saw the men ain't shit. Like, and I got that all of the time. And so it's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. Like, I wish that we did get yeah. a little more credit for being cool. Like, I know that we fuck up and you have to account for that. But and we're it's not, not because bad. you're a black man. It's because you're a human. Right. Humans fuck up. It's because you're human, right? But people are like, oh, that's because you're a black man. And it's like, what? Or even just like women, like, I can't find a good black man. It's like, what are you talking about? There's a lot. What are you doing? Where are you at? <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's more about them than it is. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, why are, why are you writing black men off? Facts. But protect, I want to protect y'all. We'll take that protection. Like, I won't even, yeah, we'll take that protection. I think that we need to be protected sometimes. Not like, sometimes, all the time. I see legacies of black men being killed. And some rightfully so, but the, I guess the, the thing that I struggle with, we don't do this to everyone else. And I think that was something I talked about in a previous episode where, unless we're gonna now say, you know what, George Washington, can't be on the dollar bill, bro. You had slaves. Like, we pick and choose things a lot of times on what we're gonna kind of like cancel or not deal with. Yeah. And it's always the black guy that gets it. Yeah. And it's like, Again, this is like the psychology that I love is why why do we do that? Why do we write it off? Because it's easy. Because I also feel like there are a lot of people who are used to getting that backlash and it's just like, whatever, I'm going to let them think whatever. Because that's so much easier. Right? But also, people are complex. You don't know what's going on with somebody. You don't know why somebody did this. Just like sit down and ask. Like, people who are homeless, I sit, like, not sit, but, like, I, I will stand there and, and talk to a person who's, like, asking for money. I'm like, oh, like, and it's not to feel better about myself. It's like, I just, I really want to know your story and, like, how I can actually help you. Because being out here right now is not actually going to help for real. Right. Um, and, like, everybody's human. Treat people fairly. Not equally. Fairly. But we need to protect our black men. We need to do a much better job of that. Nah, I like that. I actually think that's better than anything that I could have thought of. Like, I was going to be funny, but I don't think <laughs> I don't know if that's my way for this Protect one. the Hennessy! Yeah, 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 like, you, know, you know what? Protect the hen dog. This is when you just let the, the woman finish that. Um, <laughs> Erica, thank you for coming through. Thanks for having me. I think this has been a dope episode. I agree. Um, I'll definitely support. I'm going to pray for the school opening. Thank you. Uh, whatever your next endeavor is that helps with any kind of um, like philanthropic things, count me in. Appreciate uh, it. No doubt. Um, I end every episode saying the same thing. Uh, ball players on a rap. Rappers on a ball. <laughs> I just want a podcast. This is Darrell of the Real World, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs>